You're listening to the Life Center Church Podcast. Well, open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19. God shall supply. Hold on, hold on. That's just the title. That's just the title. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, but you, you know it, and I'll cite, uh, cite it from uh, the other translation. But um, Philippians 4.19, And this same God, who takes care of me, will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Another translation says, My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you for your great love and, and, and Lord, your magnificent support for your people. Thank you for these promises, Lord. Promises that you will bless us. You will take care of us. You will provide for us. But Lord, as I've been saying, Lord, it's those people who walk in accordance with your word. We are the ones that can claim your promises completely and truthfully. So I pray as you open up our hearts and lives and minds and, and may your spirit speak to us, Lord, deep down into our, our beings. Because, Lord, I want everyone to be blessed just as you do. I want everyone to see the, the living hand of a living God move upon our lives. So God, be with us now. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, when you look around and you start talking to people that are not in the church, not following Jesus Christ, uh, I'm just going to say it out just straight, the lost people, okay, people that don't know it, it, it's very clear that they don't want to serve God. Why do I say that? Well, the bottom line is they don't want anyone telling them what to do. Right? Something the lost world does not seem to know is this. Everyone serves a God. Many years ago, there was a song, you got to serve somebody, because we all serve a God of some sort. The lost world may have many gods and, 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 and that have control over their lives. As, as a matter of fact, you remember Paul on Mars Hill? Remember that episode in Acts chapter 17, verses 22 through 23, it says this, so Paul, standing before the council, addressed them as follows, men of Athens. I notice that you are very religious in every way. Statistics say we're more spiritual in America today than we've ever been. See the connection here? Doesn't mean we're following Christ. It just means we're more spiritual. I notice that you are very religious in every way. For as I was walking along, I saw your many shrines. And one of your altars had this inscription on it. To an unknown God. This God whom you worship without knowing is the one I'm telling you about. And I want to tell you about that God. See, they had many gods, 
one for this and one for that. Whatever God was in season, that was their God. Kind of sounds like our world today. And Paul said that he noticed that there was one that they did not know of. And he wanted to tell them about that. Then notice in verse 24 and 25, he says this. He is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in a man-made temple. And human hands can't serve his needs, for he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything, and he, note this, he satisfies every need. That's our God. That's our God. He is saying that we cannot take these hands and make a God. We can't carve it, even out of the finest metals, out of the finest stone, out of the finest, finest t- timber. We cannot make our own God. And yet people try and try and try. Even so, people then, as, as now, they, they worship many gods. In fact, the lost world is probably more dedicated to serving their gods than most Christians are serving the living God. The way that they sacrifice to them, the way that they worship them, the way that they even bow down to them, the way they even serve them. Some of the ways the lost world serves their gods is, is more dedicated than the way Christians serve our God. As a, whole, as a whole, the lost world today is more dedicated to serving their gods than Christians are serving the one and true living God. Make no mistake about it, everyone has a God or gods in their lives. Paul was no exception. Notice he speaks about my God in Philippians 4, uh, uh, 19. Paul said, my God, but this is, this, in this sermon, I want to change the words to, to not my God, but our God. Our God. That's exactly who he is. The God that Paul served is the same God that we serve. Amen? The same God. I'm not abusing the scripture by saying my God or our God, uh, changing it to our God, because we have to be careful not to change scripture at all. Kind of as a as a as a as a follow up from last sermon. Remember, I told you about a a a, a church that had had brought on a medium to their staff. Uh, one of her comments was, "I just don't understand why the, the Bible doesn't include this this kind of ministry along with all the other gifts that it ministers to." I mean, that it talks about. You can't change scripture to, to, to fit your own life. You can't do it. It's scripture and says, it says, no man shall add to it or detract from it. Amen? So I, I, I'm not doing, when I say my God or our God, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really changing scripture here. Okay? But when Paul says my God, he's talking about our God. Amen? See, the past two sermons in the series, we looked at how we, we, we limit God, right? We limit God. But see how, let's see today how God does, what God, our God does for us when we do not limit him. 
4.19 says uh, again, And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which uh, have been given to us in Christ Jesus. For my God shall supply all your needs. What does God supply? Everything. The breath we breathe. The water we drink. The good church we uh, uh, fellowship in. The people to your left, the people to your right, the people behind you, and the people in front of you. Praise his name. When, when many read this verse, they think in terms of only money. Let's be honest. When we look at that verse, we think, oh, he's going to fill the bank with money. My account with money. This is certainly included in this verse, but, but there's so much more. He supplies so much more than what we have financially. If you listen to some TV preachers, you would think that the only, the only thing God cares about is money. But that's not the case. Many professing Christians have gotten caught up into this, this health and wealth doctrine that these guys are preaching because all along through history's life, uh, what, do we like, what do we know? We know that people like their ears tickled. And if an ear tickler comes along, here we go. Right? What some people, when read this Philippians 4.19, all they can think about is money. And God does supply us financially, uh, our financial needs, but, but we need to work and spend our money wisely. If you're spending money unwisely, you're going to say, oh, God, now supply my, my needs because I've run out of all the money that I spent unwisely. Uh, forget about it. Forget about it. God does. Paul had more than money in mind when he said to our God would supply uh, all our needs. You see, you have needs in your life that money cannot buy, right? <laughs> I mean, you may have the best built home in the community, drive the best car in, 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 on the market, wear the nicest clothes that money can buy, but you, can't have all the, you can have all these things and still be miserable. Still be miserable. You can go to some of the most luxurious homes and neighborhoods in Southern California, and you will find the same things that you will find in the poor neighborhoods. What do you mean, Pastor? You'll find domestic violence. You'll find drinking and drug problems. You'll find uh, rebellious teenagers. You'll find divorce and marriage problems. Doesn't matter what kind of home you live in. Because everyone has needs that money can't buy. Money cannot solve all our problems. We need God to help us, right? Whether it's a financial problem or, a, or all the other problems that come along in this lifestyle that we live. Uh, it, it, we need God to be there, right? A living God. One of the things that Solomon, remember Solomon, the great man, the uh, uh, wisest man who ever lived on the earth, he teaches us clearly, and he had everything. I mean, he had everything. <laughs> and he wasn't happy in the end. He wasn't satisfied. 
I mean, how could you be satisfied with a thousand wives? I don't know. A thousand headaches. <laughs> you just need one. Right? Solomon repeatedly said how miserable he was, how empty life was. Vanity, vanity, all is vanity, he said, right? Here's a guy who, who I mean, I just recently read uh, that portion of Scripture. I mean, they were bringing gold to him. They were bringing silver to him. They were bringing all kinds of exotic animals to him. People, just because he was a wise king and, and, and he ruled with kindness and love, at least for a time, till he started getting all these wives and then going towards their religions. And, 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 and in the end, he said, I had all this. But it wasn't enough. Because in the end, he walked away from the God who had blessed him in the first place. If you could ask Howard Hughes, Anthony Bourdain, Kate Spade, rapper Mac Miller, or Tyler Skaggs, the baseball player, to respond, I'll bet you... <laughs> They would say some, the same thing as King Solomon. Life is empty. It's vanity without Jesus and his purpose for our lives. People are dying seeking answers, and they don't have the answer until they find it in Jesus Christ. There are things that money can't buy, and I'm glad that our God can supply everything that I need and you need. Hallelujah. Emotionally, he can provide it. Lovingly, he can provide it. I, I'm never alone because he is always there. His presence, he can provide for me. There are things that money cannot buy. When we have a lot of unhappy people in this world, I mean, and we do, I mean, we have unhappy women, right? Do you know women that are unhappy? They have things happening in their life. A lot of young women started off determined to have the best life that they could be offered to them, but the years have gone on and gone by, and now they have a life full of misery. And you say, how did this happen? Let me illustrate that. A worried housewife sprang to the telephone. It rang and, and listened to the kind voice in the earpiece. How are you doing, darling, she said. What kind of day are you having? The, the housewife said, oh, mother, breaking into bitter tears. I've had such a, a bad day. The baby won't eat. The, machine, uh, the washing machine broke down. I, I haven't had a chance to go shopping. And besides, I, I've just sprained my ankle, and I have to hobble around. On top of that, on top of that, the house is a mess, and I'm supposed to host two couples for dinner tonight. The mother was shocked and was at once sympathetic. Oh, darling, she said, sit down, relax, close your eyes. I'll be over in half an hour. I'll do your shopping for you, I'll, and, and I'll cook your dinner for you. I feel, I'll feed the baby, and I'll call a repairman. I know who can come to the house and fix your, your washing machine. And I'll even call George at the office and tell him he, he ought to come home and help out uh, uh, for once in his life. 
The housewife said, George? Who's George? Why, George, your husband. Is this two, two, three, one, two, three, four? No, this is two, two, three, one, two, four, four. Oh, I'm sorry. I guess I have the wrong number. There was a long pause, and then the housewife said, does this mean you're not coming over? <laughs> we have a lot, though, that are seriously unfulfilled and hurting. We have a lot of unhappy men. Every day, every day, they they're turning to drugs and alcohol just to cope with life. A lot of young men start off thinking, I can marry a certain girl, then, then I'll be happy. They marry her, and in short time, they want a divorce. Sometimes this unhappiness has caused men to walk off and leave their families to fend for themselves. And, and I can tell you, in epidemic form, our, our society is filled with men that will just walk away from their families. And you who have come up in those homes you know that something is always missing when that happens. But my God can supply all your needs, even to those who experience that. I heard about a pastor who was counseling a man that had some marital problems. He just remembered, reminded him that women are different from us in every way, in many ways. He read him an article about how to satisfy a woman every time. And this is what the article say, said. Each day, caress, praise, pamper, relish, fix, empathize, serenade, compliment, support, feed, tantalize, bathe, humor, stimulate, console, hug, coddle, cuddle, excite, pacify, protect, smooch, forgive, entertain, charm, show equality, oblige, fascinate, shower, shave, trust, defend, clothe, brag about her, help her, acknowledge her, embrace her, accept her, butter her up, listen, understand, beg, plead, borrow, nurse, phone, repair, respect, entertain, kill for, die for, dream of, tease, flirt, and worship, and then go back, and the next day, do it all over again. Men are less complicated, aren't we? To satisfy us, just make sure we're fed. Put the remote control in our hands and leave us alone. And we will be completely happy. The reality is we have a lot of unhappy men and women in this world. It's because men and women are looking for the wrong places to, for, to find satisfaction. And they will not find it until they start looking in the right place. Paul talks about our God. And one of the things that he teaches us that our God supplies all our needs, but he satisfies us with satisfaction. 
It's not like those who have to get all the money and still say, mm, it's not enough, I need more money. Or the, the, the drug addict says, that's a good high, but I need more. Our God satisfies completely. Hallelujah. Satisfies completely. He truly satisfies. How contrary to that uh, of the world's gods. They can't, they can't, uh, people can't get enough of alcohol. They can't get enough of drugs. They can't get enough of material things. They can't get enough of gambling. They can't get enough of sex. They can't get enough of pornography. They can't get enough of money. Every day is a day of dissatisfaction. They always need more. But our God satisfies us, doesn't he? If you go back a few verses to verse 13, you know this one too. For I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. He strengthens me. For I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. Some people will say, I do not need God to strengthen me. Thank you very much. I can do it myself. Listen, we all need to be strengthened. At least in two ways. Physically. You ever been totally exhausted? Some years ago, a, a man, and you, you, you watch his station, TBS, you know that station? Turner Broadcasting? Ted Turner said that Christianity was a crutch to support weak people. He said this to be clever, but actually what he said is very true. What do I mean? If we did not have God to hold us up, many of us would be flat on our faces, wouldn't we? I'm not ashamed to say there are times, a lot of times, I need him to hold me up to lift me up so that I can lean on because I don't have enough strength. How about you? Yeah. So I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take him as that God. He sustains us. He heals us. Hallelujah. Amen. He revives us. How many of you need revival happening in your life? Not just uh, uh, once in a while, but almost every day, almost every week, so that I can lift my head off the pillow and, and, and sing a song and, and, and smile through the day. He revives us. He gives us strength to make it through each day. Even those days when you say, get up and say, I don't know if I'm going to make it through the day. But at the end of the day, you better be saying, oh, thank you, Lord. I did make it through the day with your help. Amen? He sustains us. But spiritually, you can be the strongest man on the earth physically, but when it comes to spiritual things, you may be a helpless weakling. Let me give you some, some examples. A man might be, be built by, like Superman physically, but he's an alcoholic and you wave that bottle of alcohol in front of him, and it's his kryptonite. You know what I'm saying? 
A man might be physically, he might look like the Incredible Hulk, but, but, but he's addicted to gambling. And, 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 and somebody calls him up and says, hey, I got, I, got a, I, got a, I got some information on the horse race coming up at Santa Anita. Waving that little thing in front of him. And like a dummy, he's running over there, right? Oh, but, but he's strong in all appearances. But wave a little gambling in front of him, and he's running down the door, out the door. A man might be as physically fit as, as Samson, able to amaze people with feats of strength, but, but the same man, like, like Samson, he would be one of these. A little pornographic image comes up. Uh, he's going through the internet and, and, and somehow an image comes up and now he's got to delve into that a little bit more. He's got to go into those sites that, that no one should ever be going into. And, 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 but he's so strong physically. But wave that in front of him and he becomes like a whip puppy. I'm glad my God supplies my needs financially. But I'm also glad that my God supplies our needs with spiritual strength to overcome sin. Hallelujah. Because if he didn't, sin would overcome us. That's why Paul said in verse 13, for I can do everything through Christ who, who, who gives me strength. Right? Right? Who gives me strength. I don't have to run down to the bar. I don't have to go to the drug dealer. I don't have to go to that site on the internet or, or to one of those, those places where, where the women uh, you know, dance in their nude way. I, I don't need that. Because my God not only supplies my needs, he satisfies. Hallelujah. He's satisfied because all those other things that I've mentioned, you're always going to want more, aren't you? You're always going to say, I got to go get it again. I got to have some more because it doesn't satisfy. It just sits there and just eats at us till we got to have it again. But notice, verse 19 says, and this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs, not wants, needs. Oh, my. That changes everything, right? This verse tells the believer that God is his God, and God can supply all our needs, needs. But look at something. So look at something as, as we go further in that verse. It says, all your needs from his glorious riches. His glorious riches. We're talking about a God who has, lives in a, in a heaven where the streets are of gold and, and, and beautiful jewels fill the, the walls. And, and it's more beautiful than we can understand. And I believe his coffers are filled with great and glorious things, all so much more than we can even imagine. And he says, I will supply your needs according to my riches in glory. 
Hallelujah. If that doesn't get you stirred up, I don't know what will. In other words, God has all the resources for all our needs. There's no limit. Years ago, remember, and we don't, you, you're, most of us are not, majority of us are not old enough to remember, so we watch TV or, and we remember uh, seeing things where the guy would come in with a wagon in the old West days with all this stuff, right? And he'd try to sell you, Dr. So-and-so trying to sell you this medicine, right? And if you didn't want to buy that medicine, I got something else for you over here. And, and you know, he basically his trailer was just trying to get all the money he could because he could supply all your needs. There's no way in the world he had anything, everything in that, tra that, 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 that uh, stagecoach or that wagon that could supply everybody's needs. There's no way. But my God can supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. I told you earlier that the life of Solomon teaches us so clearly that you will never find happiness and satisfaction until you look in the right place. Solomon had tried everything. A man could try everything. He finally found the answer to his, his, his happiness. In Ecclesiastes 12, 13, he says this. That's the whole story. Here now is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey his commands. For this is everyone's duty. It's as simple as that. Fear God, obey his commands. And it connects very well with what Paul's saying here in Philippians. And, and then my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Solomon is saying that all, all comes down to recognizing that God is your creator. And as your creator, obey him. Right? Obey him. Oh, I like this, but I don't like that. I, I like him on Sunday, but Monday other things come in, in, into my life, and I got to go that route, and maybe contrary to the word, but, you know, I got to do that. No, you don't. Do it according to the word of the Lord. A missionary, as I close was on the mission field, and one of the 12, the native people that he was ministering to came to him and asked him and said, I want some of that that you rub on your face that makes your face shine. The missionary said, the light in my face comes within, from within, not from without. God is such an awesome God. But what makes him awesome and special is that he is our God. Hallelujah. He's your God if you've put your faith in Jesus Christ. And he will supply all your needs. But we can't expect him to do that if we will not do our part. Do you get it? Do you understand that this morning? 
I'm not going to beg the question any further. This is it. This is it as far as the, the, the series is concerned. But here's the, here it is. Will you do it his way? And if not, he won't supply all your needs. But I want that part. Then I got to do my part. You hear what I'm saying? Don't limit God. Do it his way. And he will supply all your needs. Amen? Would you bow your head with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you that you make it very plain, very plain to us what we must do. It's not complicated. Any child can understand. But why do we continually bang our heads against the wall because we just don't get it? May we, Lord God, come with childlike faith and say, Lord, I surrender. I, 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 I have been doing it my way, and I, I'm losing out. I don't want to do that anymore. I want you. I want you to be my God, and I want to be your child. Not because of all the things I can get, but because I need you in my life to make me whole again, to make me right again, to satisfy me deep down inside when things and other gods in this world cannot do. With every head bowed and eye closed, maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, you, you've read my story. You saw my dreams. You heard my cries. No, I didn't. He did. He did. And he's big enough, grand enough, and awesome enough have me share these words with you today. If you're here and you're just strong enough or just desperate enough to admit that you don't have it all, you don't have all the answers and you need a God who does, that you're just not strong enough in your own way and you need a God who will strengthen you, As we stand in just a few minutes and begin singing, these altars are open for you. And don't think just because I'm not here begging you to come that the Spirit of the Lord has stopped because the Spirit is always wooing us to come to a closer relationship with the Father. But this is your time. This is your time. Pastor Tim and I will be down at the altars and we'll pray with you and, and pray that our God will satisfy you at these altars. So, Lord, move by your spirit now. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thanks for joining us. For more information on Life Center Church and our ministries, visit lifecenterchurch.com.